get up, get, get up, get up. Yep, it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's talk about it as I pour myself here a nice, nice cold Coors Light. Um, the Mets had a bad series. The Mets had a really, really bad series against the Nationals. There's no way around it. It's very frustrating. We're going to talk about it briefly. There's no reason to dive deep into these games as we has be- or have before. You guys watched them. You saw them. You went through it just like we did. But we will talk about what happened. If you aren't following us on our social media, make sure you are at MetsTep on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go over to the New York Mets YouTube channel. You'll be able to find it over there. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you listen, drop us a rating, drop us a review. James, I know you're out in Columbus. Uh, I'm sure you had a good time. We'll divulge into that a little bit later, maybe. But I mean, we just let's just rip this Band-Aid off and talk about one of the most disappointing series of the year. Yeah, literally, I think probably the worst series since they got swept by the Astros for the second time. I think, like, if I'm can't. Remembering, maybe this Yankee two-game one, too, but at least the Mets played like somewhat decent baseball in those. This seemed, after a series where we gave the Mets so much credit and even our personal conversations about like never losing focus, always being locked in, always doing the right things every single chance they got, it just seemed like it was just a lackadaisical series. And that's the kind of thing that happens like in August, September. You the wish it wouldn't days. happen. Yeah, you wish it wouldn't happen to a team that has the second-best record in the baseball that is needs every single win possible to win their division and get that first that coveted first-round bye, avoid the best of three, but... It was bad. There's no two-way slice up. This is really bad baseball. Yeah, I mean, like, they won game one, and it felt good. It felt good after game one, like, no doubt. The game wasn't necessarily, like, domination. Like, the final score was, what, 7-3, 7-4, I think, or 7-3. Seven, 7-3. Seven, three. And it wasn't, like, a dominant game, I want. I don't want to say, because, like, Peterson did have his ups and downs a little bit. He wasn't necessarily as smooth as he has been in the past, but at least the Mets bats were there, and the Mets were smacking around Josiah Gray. They smacked around the Nationals' bullpen. They were able to get those runs on the board, and show like, oh, we're just better than the Nationals. But it did feel like that feeling of, oh, we don't even have to necessarily play well to beat the Nationals maybe carried into game two and three as well. I mean, Friday night was not, I mean, you kind of allude to this. It wasn't like an easy win. This wasn't like a win where I'm like, I'm confident we're better than this team. It was just like, oh, you won a game because you had better players. But there was plenty of moments in that game where it couldn't have gotten that way. Josiah Gray didn't come out for that last inning. If he would have just gotten yanked the inning before, like he probably should have yeah because he was kind of getting by without being that effective. I think he had more walks than strikeouts, which is a pretty – bad thing to be doing. And David Peterson also had a lot of tense moments. He pitched very well overall. And we'll talk about him briefly, but he just, there were a lot of moments with, there were a lot of men on base, which these are like, he does this, this kind of David Peterson mantra, the couple, couple walks, lots of hits, just lots of balls in play whenever he wasn't throwing his slider. And it could have been different early. And then where it wound up that we just kind of outlasted them won it late. But even that one win was just, it wasn't as comfortable as it should have been. Yeah. If I want to, pull a silver lining out of this. I think the growth of David Peterson, I think we've seen it every single start. And again, why, like we just alluded to that he didn't necessarily pitch his best. The slider was still disgusting, which we know is just one of the best sliders in baseball, especially from a lefty. And then two, I think these are starts in the past where David Peterson might've had a tendency to get down on himself, let the emotions get the best of him, maybe get Luke crumble a little bit. And this one, he really did battle through it. Cause again, it wasn't easy but it wasn't bad. Like he, he gave up three earned runs. Like that's acceptable, especially when you don't have your good stuff. And this is like broken record stuff. Cause we've been saying this a lot about how much David Peterson has grown. And the big thing I've seen in his growth along with just changing up his pitch mix and his strategies a little bit is finding ways to get out of those innings and not letting himself spiral, not letting, not letting the emotion seep into the game and just staying on, staying on, staying on. And this game, like he did a great job with that. Cause like second, third inning, there was traffic, traffic, a lot of tense pitches, a lot of stress. 
He ended up getting to the sixth inning, not making it through. The final line was five and a third, six Ks, one walk, eight hits, three earned. So those eight hits was a lot like that. But yeah. it wasn't like, I don't know, some ball, plenty of balls were hit hard, but also plenty were not. It was just, this was a, a, a game, a regular game. It was but baseball. The, yeah, it was a lot of baseball. But the thing, the saving grace always with him. Now, past the mental development is this slider. He had 11 whiffs on 19 swings, mostly against righties. It was a very right-handed, heavy lineup. The Nationals threw out him, but it's incredible that he's found a way to just completely neutralize righties because of how good that pitch is. Yeah, it's so tough with the split, too. Yep, and this was the most slider whiffs in any start he's had this year. Also second most in his career, dating back to that dominant start he had September of 2020 against Atlanta. That was 14 whiffs. It's just, it was, it was an unhittable pitch, and he had very good command of it. His fastball and changeup were good enough to get through when he had to. And he did get knocked out on that double by Vargas. I forgot his first name. Il Demaro. Il Demaro. You, you, you forgot Il Demaro's first name? That's like... I thought it was Il Demaro, but wasn't he, didn't he, wasn't he not in the Nationals like last year? He was a Diamondback. I didn't want Il, to think that he jumped teams. He, I'm not going to assume Il Demaro. No, 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 you were correct. Il Demaro started off with the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. and then he went to the Twins for a brief time, the Cubs, the Pirates, back to the Diamondbacks, back to the Cubs, and now to the Nationals. I, I remember yeah. seeing Il Demaro Vargas' name on MLB The Show, which I'm a, uh, an avid player of, and I... Former influencer. Was, former, yeah, former MLB The Show content creator. Might be again someday, but... I saw that name and I was like, that's a name I just simply will never forget. Like, name a random player, Ildemaro Vargas. Him and Domingo Leyba. Those are two names that just like, Domingo I'll never Leyba. forget. Yeah. I always loved Guillermo Moda. I always thought that was such a cool name. Oh, Guillermo Moda. Talk about a guy that like, I hate, I hate yeah. Guillermo Moda. And Me then too. he came to the Mets and was good. Yeah. Like, remember, what was it? Spring training where he, th- he had like that weird beef with Piazza where he used to throw at him in spring training all the time. I mean, I think when you're a relief pitcher like Guillermo Moda, you're just like a big guy who relies on heat velocity. He had one of those classic heavy fastballs. Like, you got to assert dominance over the best player in your team. But I digress. We could talk about Guillermo Moda all, all day. I would rather. I mean, I don't really <laughs> want to talk about the Mets losing I mean, to the Nationals. I want to forget. There were a couple tiny little positives I also want to take from this as well. Michael Gibbons did have a good outing. He came in with, he came was, in, in relief of Peterson in the middle of that sixth inning with a man in, on second, I believe. Guillermo Vargas after that double got out of the clean, pitched another good one. That was cool. Escobar home run from the right side. Pete had a home run to break the tie. Josiah Gray just loves giving up home runs. And then this was a fine game. Yes, it was a fine game. The Mets won as they should. Game two, game three, as we know, the story Bad. changes. We're not going to go through play by play, inning by inning with these ones because it's just, you guys know it. And I've talked to some people this weekend uh, or during the week when I was at the games. Some people were like, yeah, the, the loss episodes, they're tough just because like, I got to go through everything over and over again. It's like you're, you're pouring salt in the wound, and I get it. And I feel like this one in particular don't want to focus as much on the losses as maybe we have in the past just because uh, it's – I mean, I haven't – me and you both, I don't feel like have done like the like yeah. the sigh, like the deep breath sigh. It's It was just super disappointing. It was super frustrating. It was one of the few times this year where I've I've felt frustrated watching the Mets, and it was just because the bats weren't there. Scherzer pitched well, but obviously came out of the game early. Carrasco on his side, maybe he wasn't ready. I don't know. He just wasn't sharp. Like it, there was just things that made this so frustrating. On top of the fact that the Mets weren't swinging the bats at all. Yeah, I was blessed on Saturday. If this game was on the exact same time as Ohio State Notre Dame, yeah. and there's absolutely no service inside of Ohio Stadium because there's like 110,000 people in the stadium, probably another 15,000 in the parking lot at the bars around it. So it's like it's complete chaos. And also because everyone's tickets are on their phone now. That's changed since I was a student. So I knew everyone's going to have service. So I kept the Ticketmaster link open up all day. And then like 10 minutes before we were about to walk in. Well, first of all, I realized I didn't have it. I exited. I was like, oh, crap. 
I left the tailgate I was at. I went to a hotel by campus, famous hotel called the Blackwell. Got on their mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, got the tickets back. <laughs> Heady move. And then Heady. I went back, and I'm showing my friend, like, I got your tickets right here. And accidentally, when I clicked the screen, I went back. I did, like, a half a swipe. And we looked at each other, like, oh, and then no. we, we literally hustled. Like, we, like, went on foot, like, trudged through, like, shrubs and, like, grass. Like, got <laughs> enough, enough away to get service, and then got it, and then ran back in. But... I didn't know any of this happened until like literally like midnight. Like I didn't know Scherzer left the game. I didn't realize that like the floodgates opened against the bullpen. I was just like, ah, damn, I really would have liked to win this one. Because we were also similar to the the Grom start against Washington that we were at. We were some of the biggest favorites in a in a game all year. I hate that so much. I know. We were we were over like minus four hundred in the money line. So you would have in had a to baseball bet, game? You, it, the line closed at minus four twenty. So you would have had to bet four hundred twenty dollars nice. in the Mets to win one hundred dollars. Which is just like in baseball, that's never a good bet. As much as you know, I the Mets should have won this game, though. I think that just shows even more. And like it sucks because Scherzer like was cruising. He like cruising. he kind of was good, and then he just felt his left side. It didn't feel great. Got to trust him. The dude's a veteran. He clearly knows his body better than anybody else. So we got to side on the air of caution here. And he was just like, you know what? I think it's best to come out of this game. And it it felt like at the time that might have maybe like deflated. I don't taking this. What is it? Taking the wind out of the wind sails. Out of the sails yeah. yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm figuring out the sayings here. It's, phrase guy. Yeah, it's phrase guy. But like from that moment on, it just felt different, felt different in the stadium, felt different, like watching the team. They're just again, it felt just very much going through the motions. This, these last two games, especially the second half of game two, like there really is no excuse not to hit Patrick Corbin. They didn't. It stinks. But and I, I don't know why either. I really can't figure out why they didn't because like. This team is good offensively, so why not hitting Patrick Corbin or even Eric Fetty, for the matter of the fact? Guys who they've smacked all year. Like, they're just not good pitchers. There's also been plenty of times, though, where each of those guys, since they've been on these teams, have had the Mets number. And I also know that, like, Corbin has been trending up of late. Like, he's not he's not been like the Kirk, like the Patrick Corbin he ever, like, used to be. Yeah. But he's not, like, he's not terrible anymore. Like... I guess he actually has been pretty awful still. I thought, like, <laughs> well, they, I was, yeah. I was waiting. I was like, well, I mean, oh, he's been so bad. Well, I mean, his last four starts, he's been at c- competent. Yeah, and I mean, he had a great start against them in game two, which is just... yeah. And he's been throwing a lot more sinkers, and the Mets seems to just be hitting a lot of sinkers to the ground. I like, I didn't watch this game, so I parsed through it a lot more like statistically than yeah. I have been recently. Like the Scherzer stuff, I still feel okay about because like his velo and his spin were pretty okay towards the end of his start. So again, just like trust Max, do what you got to do. And that kind of left the bullpen in him, like just like struggling to patch it together. Adovino gave up his first run since August seventeenth. Still really good. No, incredible. No, but like, yeah. solo home run to Lane Thomas. He's given up six of the last seven earned runs he's allowed are all on individual solo home runs. Interesting. That's Isn't that interesting. weird. That is weird. I guess it's just I mean, it's one of those things. Like a guy with like that kind of spin and stuff can be susceptible to the long ball too. Yeah, especially when one just sticks out there. And I I know like. It also those um those Adovino runs date all the way back to uh to May. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, those seven times. Yeah, yeah. It's been lights out. I don't. I will say in like the the hullabaloo that has been met social media recently with the these last two games, I will say I'm glad to see that no one's like calling for Adovino because like he's yeah, just been so cash money, he's so good. You're gonna give up runs. Like at the end of the day, the Mets scored one run off of Patrick Corbin in the Nationals bullpen. Like that's just you. You don't win a lot of games scoring one run, and especially yeah. when you're playing Patrick Corbin. Like that's. Cool that uh, Bryce Montas de Oka. Yeah. Oka or Osa? Bryce Montas de Oka. Yeah. Oka. Do you remember I mean, when we were in Brooklyn last year when yeah. we were doing the interviews? Mm-hmm. He was there, which is cool because that's been a quick, it's been mm-hmm. a quick come up for Bryce Montas de Oka. And that was one of the guys because I, I look through the rosters. I'm like, that's a, that's a fun name. That's a that's name. A name I that's like. A name. 
Montes de Oca. The dude is an absolute unit. And he throws heat. Like he had that nice 100 mile an hour slider that had a sinker that had movement. Color sat 93, 95, and the slider that was 86 to 88 that had a little bit more movement. I mean, I think kind of like hilariously, like he has almost the exact same profile as Colin Holderman, who we traded away a month ago, and he just throws a little bit harder on every pitch. Yeah. Like I, I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, young guy. We saw him come up all the way from Brooklyn, like we said. So I was, if we're going to take a silver lining out of that game, Bryce Montesteoka. Some mm-hmm. good stuff, because uh, as we know, the ninth inning got away from us really quickly, and we don't have to talk about that much. No, yeah, whatever. Uh, Game three. Game uh, three real quick. Um, I mentioned it earlier. It seems like Carrasco just wasn't wasn't right. I don't want to say he wasn't ready, because we don't know. No, he. But, I mean, what happened with Carrasco is he just, the command wasn't there. Like, the velocity, the stuff was all there, and then people say, like a lot of research shows that when a pitcher is returning from injury, depending on the severity, it's easier for your stuff to come back before your command. And Carrasco is a guy who very much relies on command. He lives in the shadow of the zone. His chase rate is amazing. His sinker, his fastball, and his slide, they're all just, he couldn't hit a spot. He was getting some with the changeup, but it was just all three of those pitches. They were either out of the strike zone or in the heart of the zone. It's not, it wasn't the Carrasco we've seen all year. And I, I don't, I'm not going to speculate what happened. Just like that is what happened. Yeah. He just didn't have his stuff. Uh, Trevor Williams came in for him afterwards. Trevor Williams was solid. Did give up a run though. Gave up two run homer to Cesar Hernandez who hadn't hit one in like 500 plate appearances. So, and uh, coming off our jinx episode, no one jinxed that, right? No, 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 no. We, nobody said anything about uh, Cesar Hernandez. I mean, he's a Met killer. We've, we knew that from when he was with Philly. Like he just, he puts up numbers against the Mets. And I know you're, you're a fan of him as a ball player too. He's a fine ball player. I just, I'm a big fan of him because when you play like the deep, deep, deep fantasy baseball leagues, you'll love having a Cesar Hernandez in the mix who can like, you know, he's going to get 500 at bats. It's like, he's going to hit 265. He's going to score like 80 runs. Like he's, he's like, he's like the blandest kind of oatmeal. Like he's oatmeal without seasoning. Like he's oatmeal without fruit, without sugar, without maple syrup. He's made, oh, he's literally plain oatmeal, but like sometimes it just helps you poop. I know you were in uh, a lot of deep fantasy leagues. Cesar yeah. Hernandez on any of those rosters? Yep. I'm in a, <laughs> I have a, I have, there's a set, there's a fancy baseball game style on the NFBC, which is like a high profile fancy site. It's called the draft and hold where you do a 50 person draft, like not like 50, 50 players in a 15 team league. And there's no waivers the entire season. Wow. And that's really? as team I say are on. He's been like a great plug and play guy. to get at bats, get at bats. That how's, team was doing the... so well all year until freaking Hater ruined me. Yeah, Hater's not been wow. good, to say the least, since going to San Diego. Like, did the Brewers know? Also, Caleb Ferguson starting for the Dodgers? What's that? Got to be an opener situation thing, right? That's bizarre. Yeah, but who got to be an they, opener? They, thing. they don't do many openers ever. That's weird. No, David Price, I think, is making a start too soon or something like that, which is also interesting. That is interesting. Uh, my fantasy season is pretty much over, though. In the, in the league that I'm in with you, that I was, I inherited one of the worst, worst teams, teams ever. One of the worst teams ever. I mean, the guy who drafted this team originally or put it together couldn't have known anything about baseball. That league existed for 10 years before you got in. I think it was just okay. a guy who, like, in the last two years, he kind of fell off and it was poorly managed. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. like, I let me tell you, come 2024, 2025, my team is set. We got Marco Luciano. We got George Valera. A lot of thanks to you, James, that was our for trade. the trade that we made. But I've got a lot of young guys. I've made some great waiver wire pickups. This team is low key. Gotta keep an eye out for me next year. What about you? You got any? Uh, you making any deep runs in the playoffs? Because get to um, September now. I told you guys this before, but I am absolutely multitasking right now because in my most high, highly contested, highly competitive dynasty league, shout out cousin Yuri's league, shout out Commissioner Ryan, shout out playing Dan Suarez right now. I know I listen to the show sometimes, but they they can't do it all the time. Dan, especially because he's a Yankee fan. You. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a two week playoff, and teams average like three to four hundred points a week. Like his points league were kind of low scoring. We right now, I'm up on him six points, 978 to 972. The next closest playoff team to our point total has 740. 
Oh my god! And we are not. We're we're both closing in on one thousand right now. We've been texting all day, going back and forth. This is an unbelievably intense league. Again, cousin Yuri's league, one of the most high profile dynasty leagues out there. Sixteen teams, forty five man rosters. It's intense, and we're we're going so back and forth. I've had, I have not had one bad pitcher start this week, except for wow. Montas on Monday. But he came back all the way with it today. A great one. Zach Gallon really clutched up for me today. Zach Allen's a beast. He's so good. He's, he's been so good. He's been like he for like a month and a half now. He's been like elite every single time out. Has to like give it up a run. <laughs> six points. He has Freeman and Evan Phillips middle relief on the Dodgers, and I am my heart's. I'm having palpitations. You need I the want to get I smacked want, around tonight. I want the championship so bad. Oh my god! <laughs> and I know me and him have the best two teams. So whoever wins, like, has the oh, the clear shot at the finals. Oh my god! Yeah. That's a close. That's a close league. That's a close league. It's crazy. I dude. mean, you guys, you guys can see we don't really want to talk much about this game. Yeah, I mean, this was a it was like one of the worst Mets series of the entire year. So we're gonna we're gonna just talk about some other fun stuff. Also, I'll, Columbus, what a great weekend I've had here. Yeah, di- divulge into your uh, Columbus weekend because on the podcast we we all went to three different schools. Yeah, I went to South Carolina. James obviously Ohio State, and John is an Indiana boy. And all three of our teams won this weekend, but you particularly had a much bigger and much more important game than me, neither or either me and John. So uh, how was the atmosphere out in Columbus? It was, it was the game itself was like unbelievably intense because it was such a close game throughout too. And it was a full sellout, like over 110,000 people in the shoe. I just like, is it that big? Yeah. The, in seats or standing as well? Seats, it's about 100 flat. And standing, they squeeze like 8 to 10K more in there. That's so big. I think South Carolina is like in the 80s and gets to 90s with standing, but that's, that's different. That's 20,000 more people. <laughs> and like, I'm just a veteran at, at finding student tickets at this point. So me and my buddy's brother, we got, we got tickets. I got them like day of, like real, like real stressful stuff. But I got them both like under market value, like six rows off the field in the South stand student section. And it was like those moments where like, I don't get to go to these games much anymore. I used to never miss one. And like him and I, he's a little, he's a little older than us too. So he doesn't same deal. He actually just had a kid. Congratulations to Ty for that. Love nice. baby, baby Congrats Blake. Ty. We just like had moments where we were like looking around. And just like, I can't believe how many people are in here and how many people yeah. are like, it was like standing from beginning to end. There were no moments of sitting. There were a lot of tense plays in that game, like being around the campus and like partying and tailgating was super fun. I met tons of Mets fans because a lot of Notre Dame people are Mets people. I was spreading the word of the podcast, sending out nice. stickers. Hopefully some of those Notre Dame guys actually caught and shouting all you guys out now. Hopefully you did that. Uh, there's some also one of the great funniest things that happened in this whole weekend. Right before the third quarter started, Ohio State was still down or it was close. Maybe it was like a one-point game. The shoe usually plays some like very Ohio-based songs in between there. Hang on, Sloopy, for all my cl- weird classic rock fans out there. Hang on, Sloopy. I was about to ask, what's an Ohio-based song? And then you Hang name on, that, and Sloopy. I go, what is Hang on, Sloopy? Who sings that? I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's probably from like the look, 50s. I'm going to look this up real yeah. quick while you keep talking. But after Hang on, Sloopy, it was national game, so it was a little bit more of a commercial break. All of a sudden... Because Ohio State is the best best marching band on earth, the trumpet player walked out to the middle of the end zone with Brutus, and Brutus had like a fake trumpet too. And all of a sudden, I hear da 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 da. I was like, "No way!" My friend like started punching me. He's like, "Look what they're doing! Look what they're doing!" Dude, it was the popular song around all college football. South Carolina, I think, did it. Alabama did, it, and I think even tweeted the Mets like, "How did we do?" The trumpets are taking the world by storm. I mean, Timmy Trumpets and Blaster Jacks, I think, will be forever grateful to Edwin Diaz for making this like three, four year old song like insanely popular. Fun breaking news for the Mets Up listeners. Wilmer Flores walk off home run off David Robertson to sweep for the Giants to sweep the Phillies. 
take that, everybody who wanted to trade for David Robinson. He, Robertson. I didn't even get his name right. I called him David Robinson, the Admiral. Uh, that would be incorrect. <laughs> the Admiral. <laughs> yeah, but wonderful weekend being in Columbus. Like, you go to college at a big place like this where there's like so much spirit and like so much energy. I still have so many like friends that live here just because like Ohio. Columbus is like the Paris of Ohio. This is where everybody wants to find <laughs> up who like grew up here. So, like, still cool having tons of friends. Shout out Ross and Bob letting me stay at their house. Also, two hilariously Ohio names. Ross and Bob. Ross and Bob, yeah. But no, just wonderful, wonderful weekend start to finish. Go back to your old favorite restaurants, your old favorite bars. The only thing is, this is terrible, and you might know this. You know that denim shirt I, like, wear everywhere all the time? I do, yes. I left it at the bar. I don't know if I'm going to get it back no, on Friday. It's gone. It's gone. It's, it, they, they, my friend who yep. still lives here, she said she can go grab it for me. It says, like, 50-50, though. They might have it. Wow, that's I'm a shame. so it's, sad, dude. It's a good I shirt. It's a good it's shirt. A great it's a shirt. I wear it everywhere. The classic James look. Yeah, <laughs> but wonderful, wonderful weekend altogether. Great excuse to not watch the Mets game on Saturday, watching an amazingly <laughs> highly contested football game. And a lot of confidence the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous because uh, I had the opportunity to go, but I was going to go visit my girlfriend who lives in Texas. But instead, she got sick, so I couldn't go visit. After and we then, really like, changed up the stay, accommodations yep, and stuff. Uh, yep, after you canceled the plans. And I mean, like you said, I think I would have enjoyed that a little bit more than watching the Mets lose. But that being said... I am seeing the panic start to set in on Twitter. I am starting to see the crazy, crazy takes really coming out the woodwork. Um, there's a lot like of screen- give, give, give one uh, that the Mets offense stinks. That mm. this team is just there was okay. I'm gonna read out some funny replies because I, I did get some really good ones, but this one in particular to me, I think, was a really good way to sum how the season's been right now. And I think this was like probably one of the best. Put takes. This isn't a crazy one. This is like really good. Mm-hmm. And this comes from D Money. Um, and he says, The problem with the season is not that the Mets aren't great, but that the Braves might be even greater. So we can't relax and enjoy this team. Any other division, they'd be running away with it. And I was like, That's kind of perfectly said. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. The conversation right now by some people, and I think it's ridiculous. You can be frustrated with the lo- losses, but to be frustrated with the team as a whole in general in the 2022 season feels insane because, like D Money said, the Braves are just good. This is like the Giants, just like the Giants Dodgers last year. It Dodgers is. lost the, series, the division with 100 wins. I, I wanted to talk about that because I think there are a lot of parallels to what's going on in this division, what happened in that division last year. And I had a galaxy brain take today in the shower mm. thinking about it because last, last year, yeah, shower thoughts, it was such a it was such a bad situation, it seemed like, because whoever lost that divisional race was going to wind up in the one game wild card game. Okay. This year, people are talking about how much you don't want to go in that game because the three-game series isn't a bye. But I realized to myself, that situation is improved compared to last year. For sure. Having a three-game series compared to a one-game series. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. 
it's still not like the end of the end of the end of the end of the world to not win this division. I still want to do it. I still think we are going to do it. So we're still in a great position to do it. But it's yeah, not, I want like yeah. It's almost like there's there's like this inflection point, and we learned this from the Dodgers and Giants last year, killing each other and allowing the Braves to do what they did. Just not like there's some kind of spot there where you almost lose future value by going too hard to do this division thing right now, you know. And I don't know where that point is. I, I'm not making that decision. Not that there isn't even a decision to be made, but there's just there's something in between there that you almost could do too much now and then ruin yourself later. Cause the giants wound up in that wildcard game last year. Logan Webb was an animal without Logan Webb ready for game one. The Dodgers had the advantage over them, the five game divisional series mm. and the Dodgers going crazy for the entire month, of September, pushing their pitchers as far as they could to avoid that game. All their pitchers ran out of gas in that brave series and the Braves took control. And yeah. the series. that is interesting. That's an interesting take. Yeah. I mean, like I think this, like we said, it, it's kind of summed up perfectly. Like, both can be true. The Mets can be good and the Braves can be good, which I think at this point we know like the, the, the choke thing is just not, it's not real. There's no choke going on here. Did they, they play bad against the national this weekend? Oh, big time. Sure. hundred percent. No doubt about it, but that doesn't mean they're a bad team. It doesn't mean that they're like, they're, they're going to continue to play bad. Like this is still a very, very good team. Offensively. They're solid. They get hot and cold, just like every single team in major league baseball. The Braves have just been really good. And I think if it wasn't for the Braves, like breathing down our our necks here and having another one of the great years. Like the Mets are still having such a sick year. Like you're you're going to win 100 games and people like pretending like it's a choke job. Also, how where do you think the Mets rank in total runs scored since August 1st? Since August 1st? Yeah. I mean, Twitter would tell you like 30th, but I'm going to yes. go like 15th. 5th. Wow, really? That's the fifth. I mean, this isn't runs per game. It's harder for me to do that while I'm talking and doing this stuff right now because that'd be a little bit of math involved, but Fifth in total run scored, only behind hilariously the Arizona Diamondbacks, who've been hot. They've been scalded yes. hot. Corbin Carroll, let's go over six six and a half. The Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers, and the St. Louis Cardinals. Hilariously, there's you don't even get an AL team until eighth, and that's the Red Sox. And then ninth is the Rays, who are also scalding hot right now. Yes, I mean and like eleventh is the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, Bizarre. there's there's a lot of frustration that has turned into overreacting. No, like I'm frustrated too. Like I'm very frustrated that the Braves couldn't like the Braves are having one of the best, like three month stretches in the history of their franchise. I'm frustrated that it's happening the same year. The Mets are having one of the best seasons when, yeah. when loss wise in the history of their franchise. Like those two things happening at the same time stinks. It makes me mad. I get up every day, but like, wow, it'd be so nice to be able to just zone out for this September against like the worst teams in baseball, have a 15 game cushion division, clinch something and enjoy yourself. Sick. If the Braves God. stunk, it would be awesome. If they were terrible, I would love for them to lay down, but they're not going to. And it almost, so much. it almost like, I mean, this is what, to be fair, if you're a fan of baseball, this, this is what you want. Like, no, this, is it. Be, like this, this, this is what it's all about. This is exciting. We're going to have playoff atmosphere the rest of the way. Like from here on out, every game is going to be intense. Every game is going to be high, high intensity. Stadium is going to be packed. Like it's, it's going to be awesome atmosphere. The Mets just have to play the baseball that they have all year, which is good. You got to keep doing your game. Can I tell you something else funny? I'm just like tracking this Dodgers Padres box score because I'm really making sure Freddie yeah, Freeman doesn't, doesn't murder my hopes. Caleb Ferguson, Ferguson was the opener for Ryan Pepio. Caleb Ferguson, who's like one of the best relievers in baseball, who the Mets handled greatly last week, a very yeah. good reliever that the Mets absolutely got to in tremendous fashion. As an opener, he just struck out Hassan Kim, Juan Soto, Manny Machado to start that game oh <laughs> on 11 God. total pitches. That's that's crazy. I mean, I know, just baseball is such a day-to-day sport. It's such a day-to-day sport. If you have any little type of mental weakness on a given day, and the Mets have been so good and not having that ever this year, being completely focused, completely locked in, doing every single thing, every little thing, every single day to win, just losing that concentration for a little bit. And I could see how they would have lost that concentration. Like, the Mets just got off a crazy emotional stretch in their schedule, for a sure. very intense stretch. Yankees, 
Braves, Phillies, Dodgers. Like these are the teams that if you want to go deep in the playoff run, you want to go beat the World Series. Like those are the teams you have to beat. You have to know you can beat them. And they're playing them over and over again with no off days, with a couple injuries, a couple of their best, better players also not as hot as they have been all year. And they did great. They did great over that stretch. And now you get the Nationals like, I can relax. And then like a tiny little thing that happens, like Max Scherzer is leaving a start. You probably lose a little bit of concentration and you have to, you have to sit. Everyone's looking at each other. We have to get it back together. Cause there's another game on Monday at Labor Day at 1230. Which is awesome. I love, I love the early yeah. start. Uh, I Here's the funny tweet. I found it. So this came from someone who doesn't follow me, but replied. I don't know how they got to it. But this was into me being like, I'm frustrated, but it's not the end of the world. Like this team's still good. It's just, it stinks to lose a series. The guy goes, that speaks to either A, blind optimism, which we get, we have numbers. We have thing, we have statistics that we can look at. It's not, an, it's not blind optimism. It is real optimism. If you're going to call it anything like there's, there's truth behind it or B, you haven't been a Mets fan very long. And then he cited all of all times for which we've been alive for. I know you like to believe sometimes I don't remember this stuff, but he said 1999 game six NLCS, 2000 World Series, 2006 game seven NLCS. He just like listed the worst all, things that have ever happened. Yeah. It, it, what's funny too is like all these NLCS, World Series, NLCS, like cho- choking the 2015 World Series is like a hilarious sentence to read out loud. Like, I mean, the Mets were leading for that World Series more innings than they were trailing. For sure, but like really at the end of the day, like the Royals, they won. Like I, it, it wasn't necessarily a choke. I don't think. Like also, people throw around the word choke in sports. Anytime a team loses, it feels yeah. like as well. It's just like you're also pulling out like all of the only bad things that have ever happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the only way to achieve success is to win a World Series. Like that is true, but it's also not true. Yeah, especially like the World Series is the end goal. That's what we all want. That's what the Mets want. That's what everybody who's working in this organization like, wants is World and- Series. And like the, I'm sure this guy like cited the fact like the Braves are amazing and like can't stop them. We're choking the division away them. Like if you oh, look no, at the he, Mets, did. he didn't even he yeah. didn't say that. Of course, so if, yeah. you, if you look at the Mets and Braves right now, the Mets have a better record than them in the season. The Braves, are, of course, are on a five game winning streak. Oh my god, they don't lose. But <laughs> like, we have a winning record against them. Like we've beaten them more times than not. If the Mets haven't hand, like thoroughly handled the Braves this entire year, we literally be losing a division to them. I have a winning record against the Dodgers. Have a winning record against the Braves. Have dominated the National League East this year. Have been and the best winning record the against the Cardinals was a long time ago, but it still happened. Like split with the Yankees two. And if we saw game five, we know we win that one. Of course, 100%. Not, no like, question about that. Padres are the only team who've had a number, and they, they can't even play right now. Yeah, and like the Astros and Mariners, which we got like not enough games against. Mar- Astros beat us, but the Mariners Astros got us. Yeah, but like blind optimism, definitely not. This team is legitimately good. That's me getting on my soapbox. Um, but we share we share your frustration, though, with this series, I think. I, we'd be It would be foolish of us to pretend like this series didn't stink, didn't frustrate us, but... That being said, we do have to move on. We don't want to talk about this anymore. It's a perfect time to bring in our guy, Johnny Stats, to talk to us a little bit about how he's feeling. And, uh, you know, we got to talk estimate too. Even even though the Mets lost, we still got we still got some fun around here. Always having fun. First of all, first and foremost, a cheers to all three college cheers. football teams pulling up big dubs. Hoosiers with a massive victory. I'm sitting in the control room after fireworks on Friday. You have 10 more was... seconds to talk about the Hoosiers football. <laughs> All right. I'll try, I'll try to jam it in real quick. I'm sitting there by myself. It's like 11.45 p.m. And uh, I watch Indiana put together a 75-yard drive to beat the Illini. Incredible vibes. I wish other people were around to celebrate, high-five with, but it was awesome. That, that tough um, Illini football team that's spoken highly about year after year. Hey, they ever want to know. Now they're one and one um, <laughs> I actually, right before you guys brought me in, I was just searching Instagram. Did you guys see what the Braves did today? We did. And yep. I 
I felt like bringing it up. It to, I sent it to Mark. I wasn't going to talk about it. I mean, let's talk about it a little bit, right? Now yeah, let's talk up. about it. So for those of you who don't know, the Braves, they're really feeling themselves. They're they're almost getting a little too too high, you know, on how high they feel about themselves. Wilson Contreras, we know he does the trumpets. It's lame, like shouldn't have even been an all-star or whatever. But after the Mets lost the series to the Nationals because they're in a rain delay, they're playing the game on the screen, they start playing the trumpets afterwards, to which that's that's an A-plus troll job. I, I, you got to respect the troll when you see it. But, man, oh, man, that's just some, that's that's bad juju. That's bad energy. Like, that's that's little brother syndrome all over again. And that's something that the defending world champions, you think, would be a little bit higher than. James? I don't know. It just seems like uh, seems like from their perspective, it's why why even why even try to do that? Like, why who are you trying to get mad? Like, why are you trying to do that? Like, I don't know. For a team that you've you've lost to more than you've beaten this year, a team that you are still behind in the standings against, like it seems like a like kind of Mark said, like a little bit of a little brother move. It was just it's so bizarre for a team that is the defending world champions too. Like, I think if you're, I don't know, like the Miami Marlins and you want to do something like that. Like you're hot this year and you want to, you want to have some fun. Cause you're like, we're having a miracle season. Let's try it. Okay, sure. But you expect a little more class from the Braves, but I don't know. I guess that's just Atlanta for you. Oh, the Braves have no class. They have, they, <laughs> they have a racist chant that they support uh, as much as they can. They've made such a big deal about narco. And I've seen so much on Twitter recently about like whose song it is. Edward it's Edward Diaz. Diaz. He was using that song in Seattle. He went away from it when he came to the Mets, I guess, like change of scenery, change of song. But he was using that song before William Contreras came into the big leagues, which, by the way, he made his debut at City Field in 2020. But like, I mean, facts are facts. How could they how could they ever lay claim to that song, given those facts? I, I, I don't get it. And then I think Blaster Jacks went on a podcast and was like, no, this is an Edwin Diaz thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, he did. I love that. I love to hear that Blaster Jackson and Timmy Trumpets are both like very fully in support. So when Diaz, this is the Mets right now. This is this isn't about you, William Contreras. Not about you. Of course, and it, it will definitely be weird if the Mets and Braves do um do cross paths come postseason time because every time uh, Contreras came to the plate in that series where the Mets were in Atlanta, I think it was like the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth around that time, mid August, mm-hmm. and you heard that song, it was just like. What in the world is going on here? It doesn't make sense. It's also, it's not like if we're going to talk about the song for a second, like the vibes the song presents, it's not a walk up song. This not a like, good this is a get. This hitting. is a get hyped up song. This is like I'm coming in for relief. Like you let the song play out a little bit, you let the crowd get crazy. As a song where you're walking to the plate, it's like it's weird. It's epic. It's like, it's just like you wouldn't come out to Enter Sandman. Like that would be like a horrible, horrible walk up song. Hell's Bells, Hell's yeah. Bells, a walk up song. What are you doing? Yeah, no, it's. You made the point, James. Like you need to, you need to get to the drop in that song, especially. And I mean, unless unless you're leading off an inning, and I've noticed this, PJ Razor at City Field. At if the guy's Razor, leading off that, an inning, in you business. hear absolutely best in any sport. If you hear the entire so like Jeff McNeil today, I noticed he went off the seventh inning for the Mets. Rock of Ages is his walk-up song. Whenever Jeff McNeil leads off the seventh inning, because we do Lazy Mary and the seventh inning stretch, obviously, you get to like a second verse of Rock of Ages that you don't usually get to hear. And I always, I always say it. 
like, wow, you don't usually hear this part of the song. You get further in, but still, for a normal walk-up, like, you don't get that in. The entire essence of what trumpets is is hearing the entire, the build-up. The trumpets leads to blaster jacks, and then you have to drop. And yep. that's, that's what makes the entire, that's the vibe. 100%. That's the vibe. So this debate, it's, it's faux. It's a faux debate. And I think that the Braves will tell you that, honestly. Right there. I think they're trying to stir the pot. For sure. Up. Of course. Sorry. Um, but they're definitely just trying to stir it up and whatever. As for that troll, you guys know me. I respect a good troll. Of course. Every now and again. Who doesn't? Yeah. So, like, it's kind of funny, but also at the same time, if they're actually serious about that being their thing, it's, it's totally not their thing. You know whose thing is someone's? Luis Garcia's thing. Oh, my God. It's- I can't even believe this. Hacking. Free swinger. It free swinger. That's, I mean, that's not- there was two things in this though. One, he's a free swinger. He swings every single time he gets to the plate. He, if he he didn't, he didn't see a ball for the first two games of the series. <laughs> he hasn't seen a first pitch. He doesn't. Not one. Like. like he will swing at every first pitch. But the other thing was the Mets just kept throwing him strikes. Like <laughs> ah, throw him a ball one time. It was it was wild, and you know we were kind of on in the, in the control room. It was mentioned a time or two uh, during the game. And yeah, I texted you guys this morning. He had seen through nine plate appearances in the first two games of the series. He had seen 14 pitches and swung at 13 of them. And the only other one was a called strike. And yeah, I was just you guys to and... didn't know I lost the, the estimate for Mark this week. did lose the estimate. James could have guessed it was one, right? Or no, he saw three balls. Three. He saw three, balls. Being he saw three. three balls in the end. That's like a f- that's fake. How do you see three balls in three games? That doesn't even make sense. That's like, oh, he must have pinch hit. What are you gonna do? It's the way the, way the cookie crumbles. It's and unbelievable. I think, and I think actually I know because I, I I score the game and I keep balls and strikes when I score the game. They were all in one plate appearance. He went full. It was. And I think his third or fourth plate appearance today. Things kind of got a little gray towards the end there. Um, but yeah, it was all in one plate appearance. And and look, tip of the cap to Luis Garcia who is probably going to be an issue moving forward. Like, guy's a good player. We said it when we when we got into the estimate. The hit tool is there. Yep. And dude rakes. Like, yeah, maybe mixing a ball or two. So he's rakes, not just – Rakes is up. generous. He's a, he's a good hitter, though. There, he I raked mean, for, in this series. For yes. a 22-year-old. Well, because that's – well, And New Yorker. I think a lot of it too comes down to, you know, not not throwing strikes to him. Just don't throw – it's like almost like the Javi Baez thing. Like, why would you throw a strike to this guy? He hits it. Of course, and the book is out, and I'm sure that teams will adjust and teams will make him have to uh, improve his patience, um, yeah. you know. Um, but still, I mean, those numbers are crazy. And I, I texted you guys this also. We should have 26 Luis Garcias on every <laughs> game. Just up there, swinging, looking to hit, entertainment value, keep the game moving. Luis Garcia is that dude. I think you can appreciate as a baseball fan, a guy who's looking to hit. I like I like I like that saying. Like that's something I feel like when I was like coaching uh like twelve and thirteen year olds, which is funny to like bring a parallel to, but it's like, man, that, that kid wants to hit and you can yeah. see it. And Luis Garcia, all he wants to do hit. is hit. He has no interest in anything else. He's like, I'm here to hit. I want to swing the bat. I'm a good hitter. Let me do it. And His little league coaches must have been literally in love with him because he's oh, never he, looking for a walk. I mean, he's a major league baseball player, but also he was probably like outside of that, he was probably sick when he was like eleven. Oh, he was so probably good. so good. He's so good. Uh, before we get to this estimate, I just thought, uh, James, you mentioned the denim shirt. So mm-hmm. I just want to go back to that. <laughs> this shirt, was this like uh, if you go on a first date, you no. wearing the shirt on a first date? 100% no. It was a Hell thrift no. from years and years ago. It's just like 
It was loose it's a darty shirt. No, it's not that either. I don't. I don't speak to that kind of language. Maybe Mark and I weren't in fraternities <laughs> like you. It's just it was a good shirt to wear like at this time of year or like in the springtime where the t-shirt isn't warm enough for the entire day, and I just want to put like a little something loose over it, get a little bit more color in the look, and just have a tiny bit more warmth. Only long okay. sleeve shirt I brought on this trip, and I'm cold today. Oh, that, it's a long sleeve denim shirt. Long sleeve denim, and even hilar- more hilariously, because you guys know I'm not an accountant. If anyone met me, the last thing they'd probably ever expect me to be was an accountant. But I was an accountant for ten months, a full time job I had in Ohio, and this shirt says Ohio CPA on it right here, like <laughs> a little patch. Nice. Good, good, some funny stuff. That's amazing. Wait, but all right. So another, let's backtrack. I dropped the word <laughs> darty in there a second ago. Yeah, yeah. And you said we're not, we're not, we weren't in a frat. Like yeah, we're this. not frat guys. Yeah. Is that a frat word? Uh, the way Darty, you said like, it, it felt like it. I feel yeah, like you when guys have me and my Darty, no, no, I've heard I, it. I, I've heard it. And I've used it as well from but... my friends who were in frats. Okay. Yeah, it was just Only... a great moment to jump to pile on you. All right, but okay. So when you're day drinking, what are you calling it? What are you referencing it as a as a 26 year old? I'm going out. Yeah, have you want you want to come over and have some drinks? During the day, you're saying, "Do you want to have some drink?" That's not having Mark. You Mark, you'll love this too. We um. We got hot with the dye yesterday at a, oh, at a tailgate. My friend's little brother is like, I'm uh, missing dye. He lives in like the two one the two big party streets in Ohio State are Chittenden and Lane, and the, those are the streets where like everybody and Frambies, I guess everyone should knows each other. Everyone hangs out in their lawns. Everyone like plays drinking games on game days. And like me and my one buddy who lives out here still, shout out Mitch. He as a 26 year old, he went through a table, and someone at the game, someone someone showed his parents, and they were mortified. But I, I digress. Him Everyone's I, got a Mitch, by the way. I know, I know a kid from South Carolina named Mitch. There's no chance he's listening to this. He was insane. He was nuts. He would do no, that Mitch kind is of crazy, stuff still yeah. to this day. We were playing flip cup. Mitch was like berating our friend's girlfriend, being like, come on, come on. <laughs> we, we just had a great day in the die table, just ran through all like the 20-year-olds who thought they knew how to play. We, we were playing some good veteran die. Did you play the rules that we played on the terrace? Or no, did you play standing, standing, standing rules. Standing that's, rules. Like, that's like baby die. Standing though. with FIFA. So that's kick, like, kicks for a point. That's like easy. Uh, it was it's it, it was a fun game. We had some very tight ones, but I'm glad yeah. to know we did not lose. I'm missing die. I'm missing die. Need a die day. Yeah. Do they use the term GDI in Ohio? I'm just curious. Oh, you guys they use that in term? South. Yeah. Well, they say GED in South Carolina. You're GED. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. All right. We don't have to get into GED and all that stuff. <laughs> I've actually never played die. I don't know what that says about me. I think it just um, says you're a little bit older than us. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to get we'll have to get John out to to the city to get some dye in one day. That'd be shocking. John would have to do so much preparation to do that between transportation, between like preparing himself to drink. That'd be a crazy. That'd be like (laughs) you need a week's notice for John to play dye. Probably. Um, I mean, when I hear the word dye, I'm thinking Jermaine dye. I don't know if that says a lot about me. White Sox. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I great player, great player, fantastic player. That foul ball off his shin still uh, still skeeves me out. Jeez. James, I actually, I was just checking Indiana, Ohio State, November twelfth. So we'll definitely have to yeah, do think something, of something good. Yeah, that will be that. after the season. We'll have we'll be needing to come up with some sort of content. So that'll, and that'll be like a week after the parade too. So enough time to decompress. Exactly. A week after the parade. For I like sure, that. Good, sure. good way to sneak that in there. That was good. I like that. Well, before the parade, the Mets are going to Yenzerland, Pittsburgh. Have you guys been to Pittsburgh, by the way? Mark I has. love it. I never. PN- I, I tried to stack it on top of this trip, but I couldn't find a way to make it happen. PNC is my favorite stadium outside of City Field, of course, uh, in in baseball that I've been to. I the, the people who work for the Pirates are really nice. Shout my guy Terry, who hooks me up with stuff. He's he's a beast. The city's great. The food's really solid too. Shockingly, like I don't I don't think Pittsburgh's known for its food, but I've had great food in Pittsburgh. Permanti Bros, good sandwich. 
and really the, good. The skyline from the home plate view is 100% the best view in all of baseball. Like, I don't think there's anything that comes close. It's so awesome. It's a great baseball city, even when their team stinks. Like, the fans that do show up really do care. And they, the thing that I love the most, and this is something that, like, I like about Atlanta, I like about Fenway, is that before the game, you can get there four, five, six hours before, and there's restaurants, there's bars. They close down the roads. So it's just, like, one big tailgate party that you just like walk into the stadium whenever you want the vibes are incredible jealous couldn't make it out to pittsburgh this year because i that's one that i try to make a trip to now yeah yeah i only went um my only time in pittsburgh i unfortunately was at the 2010 afc title game hmm. um, oh my god you were at that when, game i was at that i mean after the jets beat the patriots uh, this was a while ago and i was in a position where i could just pick up and go to pittsburgh to see the of jets course. play in the afc title game so, yeah, uh, my friends and I got in the car and we went to Pittsburgh and Brian Schottenheimer, shout out Brian Schottenheimer, uh, ruined probably the year. I mean, that was that was a bad experience. Although I'm not I even a Jets fan and I'm getting like PTSD here in the name Dude. Brian Schottenheimer. Dude, that game, that game was ridiculous. The Jets went down a lot early and they came all the way back as far as they could. They had one last drive and a deep pass at the end of the game. They couldn't they couldn't make it happen. Yeah, what I will, what I remember most about that, other than obviously the game and the loss itself, was uh, the the party, the, the tailgate was incredible. Like Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they they were kind of a they were a mixed bag. Like some of them were awful in the worst. And Yins <laughs> is a dumb word, and I don't get that. And I, I never will. I'll never understand that. It's just like what did you um, when you were there? Did you try Icy Light Pittsburgh's uh, defined light beer? No free ads, but oh my god, is it bad? <laughs> did it's did bad. not, it did not. Did that for Manti Bros? Uh, stayed at a. I don't want to. I don't want to say because you guys make fun of me. Stayed I can't. Frat house at Pitt. There it is. Yeah. Yes. Um, Brothers, I mean, did, look, did you do the handshake to get in? Wait, Johnny Frats. That's another one we can throw on to his nickname list. Johnny Greek. <laughs> Way too much ammo. Greek John. one time. Way too much ammo, but yeah, no. I mean, Pittsburgh's cool. What I respect about Pittsburgh is their passion for sports. Like, for sure. Here's my here's my hockey reference. Their in market hockey ratings are the best in the league, no matter what. That's and nice. obviously, like the, the Penguins have been good for a while, but they love their sports teams, and I respect that. I can't I can't hate that. Like, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and they love O'Neill Cruz, and what's not to love about O'Neill Cruz? And that right there gets us to uh, John, maybe his 190 batting average. Do you know oh, anything about baseball? James. James talking batting average? James. I, I'm Joe. No, because uh, literally I was talking to a Pirates fan yesterday, and I was just trying to promote the podcast, and he was like, I can't stand all this stuff about O'Neill Cruz. It's ridiculous. The guy's hitting 190. <laughs> I can't believe how, much, how, much, how good people think he is. I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah, you're right. And I just walked away. Yeah. I'm like, I can't talk to you anymore. Tell me when you can hit a ball 120 miles an hour. And tell me you could throw a ball 98 in the infield. That's a. Did you know that? Do you know where this is going? I don't That's know. Where's segue. it going? That's a good segue. All right. So after after Luis Garcia saw twenty six pitches, swung at twenty of them, and saw just three balls. Twenty out of twenty six. It's unbelievable. Legend, legendary. Um, this estimate this week is going to be. What will be the fastest throw recorded by an infielder? And I do have to caveat this because Rodolfo Castro also has a cannon. He's and a beast. I was looking. I, I love was Rodolfo looking, Castro. Yeah, what's his number? We should give him a call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the Pirates game today, 
and I was just curious to see like what, you know, where, where might we expect this to land? And he actually had a faster throw than, uh, than O'Neill Cruz did today. Um, O'Neill Cruz's fastest throw, according to StatCast this season, 97.9 miles an hour. That was on a relay throw. So he had some time to receive, take a couple steps, throw it to the catcher. Um, this could be just a, a regular, a regular throw across the diamond. I'm looking right now. I think his normal put out from shortstop is 97, eight. That's crazy. So, I mean, that's, that's insane. Was Raphael for Kyle had a, had a real cannon, right? I feel really? like as such a little guy though. You're, you're giving me flashbacks too. What are these names you guys are throwing out there today? Raphael for call is someone who doesn't get enough love in the grand scheme of baseball. That guy was a ball player and he killed the Mets forever. And I think Sean Dunson was another guy. I mean, this is like kind of before my time, definitely before your guys' time. Yeah, definitely. He was another dude who was known for being a shortstop with an absolute cannon from deep in the hole. And now that's O'Neill Cruz. So as the Mets head to Pittsburgh for the three-game series, the fastest throw in this series. James, do you have a pen and pencil out there? I know that you're in a college town, so there's a lot of uh, – there you go. Every time, I, every time I come to Columbus, I just like I think about like the alternate timeline. If I would have just like stayed here and like hung out here with my friends, because I'm in this unbelievable like two bedroom, two bathroom apartment with Don't a washer, how much with a washer dryer and a balcony it's and a gym and a pool. They pay you to live there. Guess how much the two person rent is. That should have been the estimate. What's the average monthly rent in the city of Pittsburgh? I was telling the college kids like my, <laughs> like my New York, my New York amenities and rent. And I told some, when I told my friend's girlfriend, I didn't have a dishwasher for the last two years. The other day, she looked at me like I, like I killed her brother. <laughs> I'm paying 3,400 for a one bedroom, one bathroom. I'm going to be sick to my stomach to hear that is like $1,500. It's my guess. All right. It's, You're talking about the entire thing. Oh, entire, entire thing. Full thing. I would say like eighteen hundred. It's eighteen hundred. Oh, it's so cheap! Holy crap! Did I just want an estimate? Yeah, John wins. <laughs> I did say it, and I'm sure you heard that. And you're playing it off, but no, it's. I didn't. I didn't. But... Every time I come here, I look around. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> John, on the on the throws, can I get what the ho- hardest throw was in today's game from them? I think that would just help give me a baseline here. In today's game, I have a number are you getting that these stats? Are these on Statcast? So there's a research site that is technically private. Um, is it SIS? No, it's not. No, it's 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 through uh, it's through MLB. Um, the fastest throw in that game today was Rodolfo Castro, eighty-six six across the diamond. Oh wow! Okay, well, that changes. There's that changes everything. There's a why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A spectrum. Oh man, do you do you play it safe and you go high and you're like, he's good. He has a cannon. All it takes is one throw. It doesn't need to be one game. Just one one game in this series. He needs to make one spectacular throw. I'm going to go with the number that came into my head originally. And I'm just, yeah, I'm going to go with my gut, which has never, never steered me wrong before. Uh, Are we going to the 10th, 100th? 10th, 10th. Let's do, uh, let's do just the 10th. Okay. I changed my number real quick because I I thought about James and I'm going to go. Hmm. I thought about James on this one here. Mark, I was, reading the, I was reading the comments, Mark, which they say don't do, but I was doing after last episode. A lot of people <laughs> want to see you in the talks. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm the favorite. Arch like, Mr. Every, Fame. Yeah, Hollywood. Mr. Content guy over here. I mean, it'll, it'll make for a great video, not only for this, but I will make a video out of that for my YouTube channel as well, wearing a tuxedo at a baseball game. So I've got my number. I'm, I'm really playing that I read James right here, and I might have bought myself some space. So Okay. Ready to roll? 
Yeah, count it down, John. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. What do you got? 90.5. I I read James right. I read James right. Damn, I had 93.5 and I switched it. 93.5 would have locked me up. Because I was going to go 96.9 originally. That's what I had. Yeah, nice, of course. But 94.6, I said, James is going to go in the 90s. That's what I thought was he's going to go like 90.6, something like that. And I'm glad you went low because that bought me some space because now anything above 94, I just win. Yeah, so that only how many throws have been that this year? Like, only O'Kree's the magic man. He can do whatever. He can do it. He's done it before. John, here's a question. Again. Would that throw have counted on a relay or does it have to be an infield throw? Any throw. Any throw Any throw counts. from any relay throw, player. throw yeah. a routine 6-3. So I have everything. I have everything below ninety. I'm here. Every anything that is not supernatural, I win. Yeah, and okay. I mean, you still get ninety-one too. Like you get ninety-one as well. And I get up to ninety-three-five. Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, no, I get ninety-three-five. I'm ninety-four point six. Oh, I thought you're ninety-six point four. My bad. No, no, no. This just sounds like we're giving a bunch of. I have to ninety-two. Statements. I have up to ninety-two. All right. <laughs> I'll take ninety-two. That's the estimate. That's Damn, the if I would have stuck ninety-three-five. I would have murdered you. Oh, I know, man. Damn it. We got to keep things close. We want to play meaningful estimate in September. That's what it's all about, I think. No, we don't. Um, it's 8-5, right? It's 8-5? Yeah. It is 8-5. Yeah, that was... We're getting a graphic, I right, mean, Johnny? We're definitely getting a graphic, yeah. Okay. An animated graphic, too. With uh, Dancing Mark and James Heads. Yeah, and, I mean, for me, that's a W. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Everyone out there, relax. To quote Aaron Rodgers. Relax. John, you are quoting a known drug user on this podcast. <laughs> Mr. James, Ayahuasca I'm gonna himself. To, I'm going to have to offline with you about the fantasy football draft. Okay, uh, I've got, got like you. three in the next like 48 hours that I am I'm nowhere near ready. Give you, so, I'll give you a nice cheat sheet primer after this. Yeah, I'm, we'll, so, I'm so locked in right now. It's stupid. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for after this because we got wrapped. We, we spoke that we we're going to have a 30-minute episode. 30 minutes. 30 50, minutes was... 50 minutes. At 50, I was so. supposed to grill burgers, and uh, it's now dark, and I failed to do that for I'm my so brother-in-law. Oh, my God. And my wife, and they're probably mad at me. So kick me out. Wrap it up. I'll see you guys next time. See you, John. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Smell you later. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this episode up with a preview of the Pirates, as you guys know. Oh my God, we still have to do more content. Oh my God, I forgot. Let's just talk about the Pirates real quick. I mean, yeah. give us the matchups, and we'll talk about like a player that's not named O'Neill Cruz or Adolfo Castro that we like. Uh, Monday, Labor Day matinee, Taiwan Walker versus Mitch Keller. Tuesday evening, 635 starts this week, guys, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Jacob DeGrom versus Bryce Wilson. That no, might... Oh, is it 635 or... Uh, I got 635. I know you're not good with time zones. I'm not good with time. Ohio <laughs> should be central. Like, that's so far no. away. Oh, central doesn't even start till Chicago. We still got, we still got a lot of miles west of us to get to central. Indiana's not central? Parts of it are. The parts that are west of Chicago. That's nonsense. Like, I have a friend, um, friend, friend you, Mark, you know now, who grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana. And she would like she could travel. She could mix time zones in a day because like she was right on the edge of the time zone, which it would be 
I would be so terrified living in a place like that because you know I'm not a timely person. Not like, at I'm, all. I'm 15 minutes late to my entire life. So if I was on like a border of a time zone, I'd be twisted up. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be hell. Yeah, but DeGrom versus Bryce Wilson, Tuesday evening, 635. Probably going to reset the, the heaviest money line favorite so far this year. Reset Great. it again. This might be the first minus 500 we've seen all year, which I hate. And then Wednesday, last game of the series, again, 635. Chris Bassett versus Johan Oviedo, who I actually liked a little bit when he was a Cardinal. He kind of lost his way in the last year. But the Pirates have had some minor successes with pitching development recently. I think he's someone to watch. He's got some stuff, for sure. Got some stuff. Nice changeup. Who's a, who's a player you want to watch out for? Because I know mine is Key Brian Hayes, and I know his numbers are not good this year, but I will not ever slander Key Brian Hayes. No, he's awesome. He does, he's really good. He does stuff so well. First off, at third base, lights out. He's probably the best defensive third baseman maybe in baseball right now. Would you the go Nolan there? Are, the Nolan Arnado stands are going to murder you for that take. Yeah, I mean, he's also really good. You know, I'll give the tip of the cap to Nolan because he's done it for years, but Key Brian's a close Key second. Key Brian's a freak. Key Brian's going to have like some kind of adjustment at some point in his career, and he's going to like – Getting near an MVP award. Yeah, because yeah, he, he's just a guy who ham- puts the ball on the ground a lot right now. And he's always been a guy who's very athletic, great hit tool. And the power is there. You can see in his exit velocity, he just can't lift it enough. It's going to happen. That's, My- that's exactly what I was going to bring up. I was like, exit velos, like percentiles, 86th percentile on average. Max exit velos, 89th. Hard hits, 88th. He just hits the ball into the ground. So keep an eye out for Key Brian. The Pirates also just picked up Robert Stevenson, a guy who was cut a few weeks ago, and we thought would be... Yeah, and so this is one of the first waiver claims they grabbed him, so that's interesting when you see a guy who's DFA'd and one of the first able teams grabs him, but it stinks because, like, my players to watch are not going to be playing the series against the Mets. Like, I love Rowan Z. Contreras, as you know. He's... I just think he has all the tools to be a good pitcher. His fastball is still coming along, but he has a fantastic slider, and the fastball can be good, but sometimes he doesn't get enough backspin. It kind of varies a little bit. He could be a guy who I think develops a cutter or a sinker next few years. I like him a lot with my favorite pitching prospects in baseball. Also, shout out David Bednar, one of the best closers in the whole game. I'm literally staying at David Bednar's cousin's apartment right now. <laughs> literally, that's where I'm sleeping this trip. Ross, one of my best friends. David's sick. He's on the shelf right now, and he's in this weird situation being on the IL right now where he doesn't have enough to get arbitration eligible service time. So no. he might – he has, he is a situation right now where it seems like the Pirates are trying to do some Pirate stuff, and he could be – he, he has millions of dollars on the line, depending on how much he pitches the rest of this year. And it um, seems, yeah, it seems like they are um, taking their time. And he will only then, he'll still get out, out of a free agency in the six years, but he will then only be arbitration eligible for two years, which dramatically limits your earning potential, especially that, as a reliever. That's tough for David. I'm rooting for you, David. Yeah, I was with his whole family yesterday. So we're all really pulling for David to get that service time and get those millions of dollars that he deserves. But as a guy, in terms of a guy playing the series, I, I said it before, but I am a fan of Rodolfo Castro. He just has like one of those like hilarious like infielder bodies where he like looks like a fire hydrant. Like yeah. he's just like he's just like really big shoulders, like really thick dude, and he hits the ball hard. Max exit velocity this year of 111.6. That's an 80th percentile in baseball, above average barrel rate. And he's ran that every time he's been in the league. He's always just had problems with pitch selection and had some problems with defense, but he's only 23, and I think there is a lot of potential in that bat. If you remember, Rodolfo Castro uh, got his first ever start, I believe, against the Mets last year uh, with the Pirates, and he hit three home runs in the series against the Mets. So, Met killer. Met killer. <laughs> we'll and, love that. And we, we Brian have, Reynolds still, too. He's good. Yeah, Brian Reynolds is a great baseball player. He's been a little cold recently. I know that because he's on this fantasy team that's only up by six right now. He only had a seven-point week, so I'm a little disappointed in, in uh, Mr. Reynolds right now. He knows a good player. We're getting the Pirates also. We're getting them for four games in a, another week and a half, so we're going to get used to them here. Yeah, definitely. And the Mets are a good team, should handle the Pirates. But this is, uh, so we know after this national series, cannot take any of these games for granted. You got to beat the teams you should, especially coming down the stretch here. We have a one game lead 
as long as the Braves win. It's, I don't know if that game's that going game's on. over. Anyway. It's a one-game lead. It's a one-game okay. lead heading into Labor Day. One-game lead heading into Labor Day. Just keep winning. I, this is going to be really, really hard to say, and I think people might get mad, but like, just worry about the Mets. Honestly, yeah. if the Mets just keep winning, it doesn't matter what the Braves do. Technically, so, control their own destiny. Literally, in, in if the we drums, don't lose another game, we win the division. Yes, yeah, so just don't lose anymore, and we don't have to worry about those pesky Braves. They're going to lose at some point. They have to. That being said, I think it's a perfect time for us to wrap up this episode, which we are incapable of doing a short one. We just like talking about the Mets and baseball. I can't believe much. we talked for an hour. Like I'm, I'm going to be, it's like eight o'clock in Columbus. It's kind of hard to get dinner at eight o'clock in Columbus now. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's almost like we're paid to talk about this baseball stuff. It's it kind of feels like that sometimes. Yeah, we love, we love doing this. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at MetsUp. We have a Mark Canna sign ball giveaway coming up this week. So make sure you are following us over on Twitter. At and Metstup. the Max Scherzer interview. Yes, so follow us on all our socials. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get them, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Chiano. And follow me at GiraffeNeckMark. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you after the Pirate Series. Peace out. Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.